to the Business of Dance podcast, where you'll learn what it takes to create your dream professional dance career. Join us as we dive into the insights and experiences of the world's top dance industry professionals, including dancers, choreographers, agents, casting directors, educators, and other dance industry experts. We explore a diverse range of topics, from personal development and mental skills to audition techniques, creating meaningful industry connections, social media marketing, seeking out dance agents and casting opportunities, on-the-job etiquette, talent unions, pitching to the media, health, finances, and so much more. Here is your host, Benita Fortunato. I am super, super excited about our special guest today, someone originally from Canada, but now residing in a Los Angeles area. He is a three-time World Choreography Award nominee. He also just became a winner for the Leo Award. He is a MTV award-winning choreographer for Mess Musical Director. He just recently choreographed The Last of Us on HBO, Disney Descendants, which many of you have seen, Once Upon a Time for Eight Seasons, Mirror Mirror, Julia Roberts, Twilight, So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing with the Stars, Canada's Got Talent, Julie and the Phantoms, which got nominated for 13 Emmy nominations, Ralph Breaks the Internet, He's worked with the Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus, Kanye West, Pitbull, Sierra. He's choreographed for TV shows like Charms and Hellcats and Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale. And he's worked alongside Kenny Ortega on a numerous amounts of the project. Please give some love to Mr. Paul Becker. Woohoo! Welcome. Hey. Hey. Wow. the intro. Thank you for joining us today on a Sunday. We know that you could be doing other things and uh, we appreciate you. And we've got some dancers tuning in from all over Canada, the U.S. and Europe and U.K. So super excited wow. to have you. Paul, I know I gave you a very short introduction and it wasn't even a fair introduction because your resume is uber long and you have an outstanding list of credentials. If people don't know who Paul Becker is, can you kind of give us a little backstory of your early years, how you started up until this point, obviously the short version, we only have uh, an hour with you. So you can kind yeah, of share well, about that. Yeah. Well, I started off by being always encouraged to like be a creative person. Like my mom would give me a box and she'd say, go play. And I'd like turn that cardboard <laughs> box into something. <laughs> so I'd always have this imagination and I taught myself how to dance, like a break, break dancing and like hip hop and stuff. At around like 11, 12 years old, I was just like fascinated and wanted to do it. So I had no teachers really early on. And then these two girls kind of encouraged me to take class. They worked at my mom's diner and I followed them into dance class and took my first hip hop class. And that teacher saw me and really just, there's no guys in the studio. So she was like, <laughs> and pulled me in and, and I started training every style. So I didn't tell anyone I was dancing in my school, like for the first couple of years, because I didn't, it wasn't cool back then, but I really fell in love with it. And I, I early on, like at like 14, 13, I, I was like, I want to be a dancer. Like right when I started, I wanted to be a performer, a dancer, an actor. I didn't know, I just knew I wanted to do something creative and maybe on camera or something. So I pursued it actively by the age of 16, started to book some like just little things by the time I got an agent and did all that thing. By the time I was 19, 18, 19, I booked my first choreography job. It kind of fell into my lap. So I started to work as a dancer quite a bit. I did the movie Chicago as a dancer. And I had a short, short dance career, like a couple of years, a solid year and a half before I started choreographing. And my first choreography job came really when the choreographer didn't show up. I was dancing with Kate Beckinsale and we were doing a commercial for Lux soap and you did a was, Lux commercial too. <laughs> you, were, you were probably in that commercial. I don't know, but I was Dan. I was her dance partner. I don't know. Was she in it? It was a waltz. I'm trying to remember who was JT Hornstein. No. Is that the same? Okay. It's a different Lux commercial. It was a Japanese soap commercial. So I was dancing with her and the, the choreographer didn't show up. And mm -hmm. she was upset and people were stressed. And, and I was like, what's wrong? She was like, she's upset and there's no choreographer. And I was like, well, I can help. I'm, I'm her dance partner. I can choreograph it. You're a choreographer. And I was like, yep. And I really wasn't. I really wasn't. I really wasn't qualified to choreograph that style either. I knew nothing. And I just jumped in and said, I can do it. So I just really 
it was only 30 seconds of choreography on camera and it, it, she wasn't the strongest dancer in those heels anyway. So it, it, we couldn't do much, but regardless, I got my first choreography job because the choreographer didn't show up. And then I was like, okay, I want to do this. I kind of want to do this. And I danced in the movie Chicago right after that. And I saw Rob Marshall and Rob Marshall, who directed the little mermaid that's out in theaters right now. He directed Chicago. He directed nine Mary Poppins. So I saw Rob, Rob Marshall do his thing as a choreographer and a director. And I was like, I want to do that. That's what really kind of lit a fire was seeing him work and seeing the way he worked. And I was like, I want to tell stories like that. So that's when I fully started to go headfirst into choreography and picked up a camera and taught myself how to use a camera and, and, and started doing research and started just jumping in headfirst, really unqualified, but just jumping in. That's amazing. Like, I didn't even know that story. You became a choreographer because a choreographer didn't show up. And that was the beginning of the end. You just uh, never looked back after that. Now, going back a little bit to your early years, you were based out of, was it Vancouver Island? Yeah, Victoria, BC. That's what I thought. And then when you got an agent and all of that, did that happen? Did you move to Vancouver or were you still based on the island when all that happened? Yeah, I got an agent in Vancouver. It was like a I was doing an acting program in Vancouver at the time and somebody kind of came to our showcase in mm. summer intensive or something. And, and they it was at an acting slash modeling agency and they scooped me up and started getting me auditions for things. And I started landing some small roles as an actor and like little bit parts or whatever nothing major, but it got my feet wet. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And when did you make the transition? Cause you worked on Chicago. Was that Toronto? I couldn't remember. I was Toronto. I flew myself out there. There was like 500 guys at the audition. It was an open call. It was like the biggest movie in Toronto at the time. Yeah, and I remember so much hype. And there was 500 dudes at the audition. They flew in from all wow. around Canada. And Rob Marshall ended up bringing in all his American favorite top Broadway guys like Desmond Richardson and Sergio Trujillo and all like the top Broadway dancers brought them in as their as his main core. And then he brought in, he hired seven Canadian guys. That's it. Yeah. Only seven of us out of 500 and me and Blake McGrath and a few others. Yeah. It was. Wow. So few Canadians. I'm surprised. Wow. But it was an well, awesome experience. I'm sure. And when did that? Because I know you live in the States. You live in LA now. When did that transition happen? Were you, how long were you based out of Canada before you made that transition? I've always been back and forth. I, I can't really pinpoint a transition because there's I'm always I'm always back and forth. It's unorthodox the way I live. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Because I film a lot in Canada. There's a lot that films in Vancouver, a lot that films in Toronto. And then I'll work wherever the work takes me. And you've been doing that for how long now? The back and forth lifestyle. <laughs> oh, I mean, because I work, I'll film a movie in different cities or different countries. So it's like I'm on the road next, next at the end of the month, I'm filming a movie in Nashville. I would like to know a little bit more about the whole Descendants opportunity, because that really, that film, a lot of these younger dancers grew up watching that. How did that opportunity come about? I want to share kind of the backstory. Yeah. Well, it goes way back. So Kenny Ortega and I have been working together for since 2008 now, and we're now creative partners and we we're producing movies together and directing things together. And, and we have a lot of fun creating, we're just, it's just pitch things. And yeah, we have a lot going on now. And I met him in 2008 on the piano at FAO Schwartz toy store in New York city. So wow. Yeah, I was down and out. Like I, I had started choreographing early and I had a daughter really young. And my daughter at the time was three, four, kind of. And I bought a big brownstone in Brooklyn. We bought a brownstone and it was like, I thought I was balling. I was like choreographing a ton of movies and like I was on fire. And I used that money and smart. I thought I was being smart. Well, it turns out the bank screwed everyone in America over. There was a big short that happened. It was a huge financial crisis that happened in that time. And thousands of people lost their homes mm. because the bank ballooned the mortgages. I won't get into the details, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a dire situation for a lot of Americans. I was scammed by the bank too. Uh-huh. And 
all of a sudden went from like having this big house to losing it, mm. literally losing it over, over near the Christmas holidays. And I was at a place where I was like, I'm now homeless and I need money. Like it was to a point where my phone was being turned, was turned off. Everything was off. Like I had nothing. And it was to a wow. place where I needed food. And I was a hotshot choreographer. Like my social media looked on fire. It was a facade and I got a job and I had to get a job for food. And the job was at FAO Schwartz toys. No, I got a job at Planet Hollywood in Times Square and I got fired on the first day. <laughs> and, and then, because I just wasn't a good employee, I was always the boss. So I was like, I got fired. And then I got, I got a job at FAO Schwartz toy store. You know where the movie big was shot where the big piano is. No, I don't, but. If Tom Hanks in the movie Big, he dances on a big piano on the ground. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so FAO Schwartz is an iconic toy store. It's the oldest toy store in, in, the, wor- in the world, I believe now. I got a job, and my, my job was toy demonstrating and letting kids onto the big piano. And producers would walk in that I recognized because they hired me, and I would hide. And celebrities that I just worked with, I would hide in the Hot Wheels section. One day, Kenny Ortega walks in, and I'm like, that's Kenny Ortega. Okay, what am I going to do? Oh, wait, I'd bring my daughter to work with me. And I, I couldn't afford childcare. So I'd bring her to work and we'd have a 10 foot rule. She couldn't call me daddy. And she'd be like, okay, oh. daddy. So we'd have, <laughs> she, yeah, she would pretend she didn't know me. I pretend I didn't know her. But anyway, <laughs> I got someone to watch my daughter and I'd run downstairs and I'd change into my normal clothes because I didn't want Kenny to know I worked there. I wanted him to think I was a hotshot choreographer when I introduced myself to him. <laughs> And my boss comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And he was a dancer that I had cut from auditions. So he didn't oh, like, no. and oh, he, no. would take, he would love giving me notes on my toy demonstrating performance. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I gotta go. Uh, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. And he's like, well, if you, you, this is Christmas time. You can't just leave. I'm like, well, if you leave, he's like, if you leave, you're fired. And I'm like, well, I quit. So wow. I quit and I kind of stormed out of there and I run upstairs and Kenny's on the piano and I jumped on the piano <laughs> and he's on the other side. And he's, he was doing press for some movie and I danced my way into the middle. And he danced his way into the middle. It wasn't like the best music being created on the piano, but I introduced myself and I said, I'm a choreographer and I want to work with you one day. He gave me his number and I sent him my materials. Mm. Two weeks later, he called me and he's like, do you like rock and roll? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I like anything I'm thinking to myself. And he's like, <laughs> can you be in Seattle tomorrow? I have a new band I'm working with and I want you to be their choreographer. And I was like, yes. So they fly me to Seattle and that was the start of me working with the Jonas brothers. And mm. then that went on to Miley Cyrus and other things with him. So when descendants came up, we had worked together on one other small project, but since then, our lives just got busy and then the sentence came up and it wasn't supposed to be a, oh, wait, by the way, I, two years later, I told him that I worked there two years later. Oh, he didn't, he never knew yeah, in the beginning. I, no, I told him, I said, I said, uh, I worked there and you were like an angel. He's like, what do you mean? And he, yeah. So I wrote, I, we're doing a movie about it now. It's a, it's a, it's called dream again. So we have a, a movie in development that'll take place in FAO Schwartz. During Christmas time, it'll be a bit of a musical too. So amazing. Anyway, yeah. But Descendants came about and it wasn't supposed to be a musical originally. It was originally, really? uh, no, it was, a, we added music to it as we were prepping. So it was a little chaotic. It was a little bit chaotic as we were making it. It was just designed to be a standalone non-musical piece. There was some what, a musical moment in it, but not to the extent of a full-blown musical. But we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> so were there script rewrites happening during oh, yeah. production? Oh, yeah. And we were told there was times where we were told by the line producer not to make this number too big. Like there was a Be Our Guest number and it was supposed to, it was scripted as the cast stands as a choir, as a glee club choir singing the song. So they budgeted, you know, that just they, you know, but no. <laughs> so you guys got a little carried away. <laughs> Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna allow something to go on camera that's not that's not epic. So yeah, so we disregarded those those script notes. No. 
No, luckily, so I'm assuming the cast had singing and dancing abilities to even get cast. So you already had the the talent or were they learning on set as well? Because this was all kind of spontaneous. Yeah. I mean, they were learning. We knew it was going to be a musical about a month before we shot. So we were prepping like, Mm -hmm. you know, prepping, but there was some numbers that were thrown in at the last, the last minute. And the cast weren't cast for their dance abilities, but luckily Boo Boo's a martial artist and Cam was a b-boy and dancer and and Sophia has a jazz background and Dove ha- has a bit of a dance background. Okay, so, so that's helpful. Yeah, and Mitchell didn't know how to dance at all. I taught <laughs> him how to dance and Kenny taught him how to dance too using like sports analogies. Like he could play basketball and stuff so I taught you know we were shuffling like a basketball player and turn that turning that into a dance move so it's kind of going about teaching him that way. Well, one of the things I, I saw a clip of you, I think you were interviewed on Extra, where you were talking about how you like to work with non-dancers and you like to work with people's like real life pedestrian movement and create off of that. Can you kind of elaborate more on that creative process when you're working with non-dancers? Well, I can't say it's easier working with non-dancers. I don't know if I, I was quoted correctly, but because I do like working. Or you with- enjoy you enjoyed the process. But, I, I, but I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of working with non-dancers because a lot of times like movement will come out of their pedestrian quirky way or non, you know, non. Yeah. Cause you were, way. you were talking about like walking when people like try to walk with one, you know, the, not the opposite arm, opposite leg. Oh, yeah. when they're walking, you can turn you, that into a dance into a zombie. You made it into a zombie move or something. <laughs> no. Cause they asked me how, what it's like working with non-dancers. And I just said, right. I embrace it because, you know, I take their strengths or what their kind of natural abilities are and use it and work at that level. Cause everyone can dance. Well, no, Everyone can, dance, everyone can dance at the level they're at. And even if they don't have the rhythm, there's something they can find. So I try to pull that out to the best totally. of my ability. Now, I when mean, you're working with professional dancers, what would be your, when casting, what is the dream professional dancer to you in their qualities? Well, first I look for someone who can, who is an actor, like mm-hmm. who can actually, is actually someone who can like, jump in there and be not, not afraid to act and, and try things because we're telling a story. It's not just to me, it's just not just about the dance steps. When you get to a certain level, everyone's kind of can do really cool stuff in their, within their own skill level, you know, like flips and tricks and things. We have that, like that's easy to find, but what's not easy to find is dancers that are smart and can actually like, are willing to jump in and, and help tell the story as an actor. So that's what I look for first. A choreographer is a storyteller. And if, a lot of stuff that I enjoy doing is musical stuff. I don't really like doing too much stuff with artists, recording artists and stuff like that. I'd rather do, I'd rather like do music, movie musicals and things like that. And I'm always looking for dancers that can act, not necessarily need to deliver dialogue, but actually be able to communicate something organically and naturally, not too over the top and help me tell my story. So that's huge. That's like a huge one for me. And then a good person, easy to work with. Before I hire anyone, I always like get a check referrals and stuff too. Like, oh, you talked to another choreographer they worked with. How were they to work with? Are they good? Because every dancer and every assistant that I hire, they reflect me so it's important i don't want to be on set and then i hear back saying all oh, your, your dancers were you know at craft service having a food fight or whatever <laughs> you know i just don't want yeah because it's 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 my responsibility as like the leader of the department to hire people that are going to be responsible too so those are huge and then i look for danceability <laughs> that's like the last on the plane <laughs> yeah like storytelling yeah. your workability and just being a good human and then oh yeah you have to have skills too <laughs> energy energy is important in the room energy is important in the creative space of course um, it really really is so i look for that first because it'll affect the way i create i, I do look for good people just yeah i like to have fun of i like course. to laugh and, yeah so yeah well, one of your good people that it seems to have been working with you off and on over the years is Melina, my girl from, we went to high school together. I don't know if she told you the story, but we go way, way, way back. We did like dance team days and all that. And she's good people. So I, I can, I can attest that you surround yourself with good people. 
and I'm supposed to ask you, Scott Augustine wanted to know who's your favorite dancer to work with. <laughs> Him. So Scott, if you're going to watch the replay, <laughs> I asked the question for you. <laughs> no, he saw my post and he sent me a message. He's like, tell him to ask him who his favorite dancer is. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he also as well, we used to compete together. We were the, exactly the same age when we were when competition kids. So it is amazing though, how the world is so big yet so small in the dance community. Because I've never actually worked with you, but you've worked with every single one of my friends over the years. So. It's amazing how the the world is so small in that regards. But what an incredible story about Kenny, though. I had no idea as well. And it it does sound like a movie magic moment where you were at your lowest low in your lifetime. And then suddenly he appears and then poof, everything changes from there. So that's pretty, pretty remarkable. And then since then, I mean, how what, what year was that when you guys met was, and started? That was 2008. 2008? 2008. Yeah. You ne- and you the never rest did. is history. The rest is history. Yeah. You, you never know what people are going through. So I always keep that in mind in my life now. And, and I, look, I look at life differently and I approach everything differently from that moment. So it all happened for a reason. And at the time, at the time, it was hard to tell myself that because it was so challenging. But looking back, I wouldn't have want anything to be different. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that's a real testament of of really the journey of anybody that's in this field, because a lot of dancers that are watching you, they probably see your resume and they did just see nothing but success. And I think it's important to share those stories and to put perspectives so that people really understand that it's not always sunshine and rainbows. And sometimes there are some pitfalls and some tough ones. What is your biggest takeaway or biggest learning lesson from all of the, the ups and downs of your career? It still happens. It's never going to stop. I don't care mm-hmm. what level you're at. You're going to be at the Ryan Murphy level of creating to the Kenny Ortega level, to the Rob Marshall level, any level, Tyler Perry level. You're going to be told no. Like mm-hmm. the, word, the word no happens. Like there's a food chain in the entertainment industry from the studios to the executive producers, to the producers, to the line producers, to the production managers, to the crew. And the choreographer is a part of that. And then to the dancers and cast. So there's a food chain and the word no happens all along that food chain. And it's going to happen at every single level. And I've learned and, and it, it has helped me to not be discouraged when I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. If these people are being told no, then, all right, all right, shake it off. It has nothing to do with your ability or drive or, or it, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's going to happen. The word no is just, you just got to treat it as, as as a positive. I use it as a way to just figure out another, all right, no, all right, get rid of those no's because I'm going to get a hundred of them before I have that one yes. So I welcome them because it shakes off all the places I don't need to be. So yeah, that's the biggest takeaway, I think, is you're always going to be told the word no. There's not going to be a magic moment where the word yes is going to be told to you every given second. Absolutely. And having that perseverance to get through those no's and be okay with that. I think that's a real testament of your success because a lot of dancers, choreographers, anybody in the entertainment business, after a few no's, they get discouraged really easily. And it is hard mentally to be able to endure those no's, but then to realize and acknowledge that everybody gets the no's and it's nothing personal. And there's yeah. things that beyond our control that, as you said, the food chain, there's people up here making decisions that affect you that have nothing to do with you at the end of the day sometimes. But mm-hmm. that's just the reality of the business. Amazing. Well, I would love to open it up to our business of dance mentees to be able to pick your brain a little bit and ask some questions. Dancers, if you have a question, type in the chat that you have a question and then I'll pin you and bring you up. All right. So Heather, all right. Add pin, unmute yourself. Tell everybody where you're from and who you're speaking on behalf of and yes. what is your question. <laughs> Hi, I'm Heather. We're from central Pennsylvania. Uh, my daughter is Manina's youngest mentee. She's five. So she was just actually in here fangirling a little bit because she's a huge Descendants fan. So, but my question for you is with kids that young, like how do you really tap into those like smaller roles, like in the industry, you know, those like little ones that they come on, they do a couple things and they like, leave because she's clearly not at the level of some of these amazing dancers that are out there now being five. Right. It would start with getting a dance agent. Yeah. But first getting her materials together 
you know, the basics, the headshot, the resume, all that stuff, even if you didn't have resume, just getting that and then, and then submitting that to agents. If you want to do, I don't know how comfortable you are with social media, but social media is a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if, you're you working know. on all those things, yeah. everything yeah. Yeah. Talking yeah. About is really this, everything. The, the, the usual there, but there's no magic. The agents will get the commercial auditions. Like those, the commercial auditions are usually not open calls. Right. Audition for Target or whatever. They're usually always go through an agent. It's okay. just the way the structure is. There's usually never an open call. So like for commercials and, and for television too, and for film, it's always closed calls okay. 90% of the time. So that's okay. the gatekeeper there. The gatekeeper is your agent. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. All right. Next question. Let's bring up Sienna. Where are you at, Sienna? There you are. Add pin. Introduce yourself. Where are you calling in from? And what is your question? Hi. So first, Paul, your story is incredible. And I would hope to work with you someday. I'm Sienna, and I'm currently in L.A. dancing with a contemporary ballet company. And I'm 16. And my question is, do you only go through agents to find dancers or do you advertise and do open calls? I do open calls a lot of times because there's people that don't have agents that I think deserve a chance. Yeah. So I do open calls a lot. The last few years, it's been, I haven't been, I've just been hiring people that I know and referrals mm-hmm. and, and friends and just people that I, I know can deliver and, and I think are talented. So that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. And then this last year I've been doing open calls. So pre-pandemic, I was always doing open calls. Okay. Then it kind of shifted for a minute. Now it's back to normal. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sienna. And you look so good today. <laughs> and you're in All a right. ballet company. I can yeah, she's with ballet. ballet Red. Nice. Yes. All right. And let's go to Malia. Hi, my go name ahead. is Malia. Hi. I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I'm 15. And my question is, what is your opinion on college for dancers? Mm. Some parents are going to kill me. Okay, so <laughs> there's there's some really great training programs out there for college. It just depends on what you like. USC, I was just at their showcase, and they're training some amazing people, and they come out with a degree. So I can't say it's a bad thing. I can't say it's a bad thing. I don't think it's gonna it's gonna put your training ahead. But if you are ready, like if you are like if you if you feel like you're ready, ready, like training wise and have all the skills you need to jump into the industry. I can't say that it's necessary, but if you want to get a degree in something else and train hard, I'd say find a great college. I I can't say it's a bad thing. I used to be like against it. I used to have a philosophy saying, oh, it's going to kind of pulls you out of things for a long time. And But no, after seeing USC and after seeing how they evolve by the time they graduate and they come out with a degree, that can help them in business and other things because as a dancer, you're running your own business and you're, you, you, you got to build your own empire. So whatever skill sets you can acquire along the way, it might help you. You're not going to be dancing forever. Most likely most of us aren't, you're going to evolve into another phase of your career. It could be something in the entertainment industry. It could be being a choreographer. It could be a director. It could be a stunt woman. It could be something could open up a, an inspired business, whatever. There's so many, you got to leave things open. You could still dance, but you can have a bunch of businesses and, and create a, an empire that way. There's so many ways you can go about it. So having a degree is not a bad thing. That's my opinion on it now. It's changed. I never did it. I never did it. I didn't have, I didn't have the opportunity, nor did I have anyone to really guide me. I was sort of like winging it. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, you winged it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I would knock on doors. Like I remember one, the first choreography, not the first one, of, one of the first choreography jobs I had gotten, it was at Lionsgate studios when Lionsgate was in Vancouver and there was these big gates. And I knew there was a ballet movie shooting at Lionsgate. And I was like, I want to choreograph that. How do I choreograph that ballet movie? And I was like, okay. Then I went there and I, I kind of staked out the, the joint and I saw through the production window, someone like a mailroom. And I saw like manila envelopes, a stack of manila envelopes and somebody opened it. It was someone's headshot. And I was like, 
they don't go through these. So I'm not going to send them my materials. I'm like, okay, FedEx envelope. So I put everything into a FedEx envelope, my demo reel, mm. press package, because I knew everyone opens a FedEx envelope. You get a FedEx envelope, you're going to go, you're going to open it up. Everyone opens a FedEx envelope. So Good strategy. I like so that. I go there. <laughs> But I was like, I want to make sure it gets them. So I show up at the big pearly gates of Lionsgate and I, and I said, hi, I'm here to give this to David, the producer, David Winkler. You produce Creed and lots of movies. And I'm here to give this to David Winkler. And they're like, you don't have an appointment. You can't come in. And I was like, yeah, I do. He's expecting this. This is packages for him. He knows it's coming. And he's like, I can't, I can't let you in. You don't have an appointment. I was like, okay, can you give it to him then? Because he's going to be upset. And he was like, dude, come on. And I, and, and finally he got annoyed with me and he's like, be fast, just hurry up. So he let me in and I get upstairs to the production. I walk up the stairs. I'm now in the production office at the secretary, like face to face with the secretary. And I point down the hall. I don't know where I was pointing, but I was like, Hey, I'm here to give this to Dave. Now he's Dave to me. And she's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You want to, you want me to give it to him? Or I was like, no, I mean, whatever. Like you want me to give it to him? Or, and she was like, yeah, just wait till when he's off the phone, just push his door open. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> he's on the phone and I push his door open after he's off the phone. And, and I said, hi, I'm Paul. I'm a choreographer. And I just wanted to leave you with my stuff. So you, you know, when you get to that place of needing a choreographer, have a look. And I start to walk out and he's like, wait, 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 sit down. So I sat down and I had my, like a job interview. I didn't know it was a job interview, but he's asking me these questions and I get a call from my agent and that agent at the time, like my agents weren't really doing anything for me. And then it, as a it's getting me jobs as a choreographer. And she was like, what did you just do? I was like, why, what happened? She's like, well, you got a job. You just got booked on the movie. And I was like, well, what they think of my materials? And they're like, they didn't look at your materials. They said that you, we hired, they hired you because you had some guts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. So I would do creative things like that to get work, to get in the door, to be seen, to figure it out. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. I love that story. So dancers, if you want to be seen, send the FedEx package. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or deliver it. E- emails, deliver it. emails work now. <laughs> emails work now. It's amazing. I love that story. Well, thank you so much, Malia, for the question. I'm going to send you back and I'm going to bring up Chloe. She has a question. Where are you at? Chloe, there you are. Introduce yourself and what is your question? Hi, my name is Chloe. I'm from Louisiana. And my question is, how do you find like or build that confidence just to like put yourself out there and just talk to anyone? Because I know for me, if I saw Kenny Ortega in a store, I'd probably scream internally and then chicken out and not talk to him. So I was just wondering how like you if or if you always had that confidence just to like go up and talk to anyone or how would you build that for someone who I, is as confident yeah because people some people said the exact same thing to me i would have never done that i would have you know i want them to have their space it, and how do you build the confidence i mean i just i've come to realize i didn't always have it and i've just come to realize that everyone's human too and everyone's been in similar positions so I just kind of look at humanity in that way and kind of just say, okay, well, I can just say, hi, hello, like your work or whatever. You know, I I read the room a lot. Like if he was with 20 people and being bombarded by a bunch of people and working and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't have done that. I think it's important to read the room. I think it's important to like assess the situation. Okay. You know, he's at his anniversary dinner with his, with his fam. I'm not going to, go and pitch, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you got to read the room. Like yesterday I saw Jason Bateman on the hike, on a hike. I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman. I've never worked with him. He was just with his family, with his dog and just chilling. And I was like, ah, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. It looks like he just, it looked like he was like meditating, you know, I'm not going to interrupt. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. So <laughs> you got, you really, it's really important to read the room, but I don't know. Part of building confidence is having the information that these are people these are people that were once in your shoes and have had to do those exact same things to have opportunities. So what's the worst that they can possibly say? They can be rude to you and say, no, well, you don't want to work with someone like that anyway. So, all right, you got to know, you got to just, I guess it's really toughening your skin and realizing that they were in those positions too. In my, that's one thing. 
if that helps. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Because there are there are going to be people you need to approach. You have to. You got to you got to get out there. You can't you can't stay in your room on your computer or whatever. You have to get out and network. You got to get out and meet people. Spend majority of your time getting out and meeting people. Like the human connection and relationships is how you're going to get work. It's it really is. Not just on social media cuz like if you're and you're putting your work out there on social media. It's not just that. It's relationships because in social media, it's, it's a facade. We're all putting great stuff up. It's not always reality. So people want to hire good people and that they know and they know are going to, it's going to be a good experience. So human connection, relationships, build those relationships and, and with each other, with your peers, like you never know who's going to, who you can help along the way and who can help you along the way. So those friend groups and, and, and such are important as you're coming up. Amazing. And that's such great advice. And I agree 100%. Chloe, was that helpful? Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. All right. Let's go down our list. Victoria, what is your question? Hi. Yeah, I'm Victoria. I'm from just outside of Detroit, Michigan. My question to you is kind of about like your personal, like, choreography style and like what kind of inspiration you've gotten for that it might be like theater based since you mentioned a lot of that or just in general um what are your biggest inspirations for creating choreography and maybe it's a mentor too as well I can't even speak onto my choreography style because I I with with what I do is I jump into so many different genres so Mm -hmm. like I love hip-hop I love jazz I love theater but the stuff that I do, I like to pull from different bits. Like, for example, for Rotten to the Core, I got inspired by Tim Burton and, and Bob Fosse and Michael Jackson. Like, I, I was like, if they had a child, what would the movement be? And that's kind of <laughs> the only way I can create. I'm not good at creating dance steps. I can put music on an improv, fine, great. And I get inspired by that. But if I just go and do, that's why I never teach because I get stressed out. I don't like just doing dance steps for dance steps for the sake of dance steps. I like there to be a story. And if I don't have a story, I don't like to create. I just don't like, I don't enjoy it. So I always try to build a story and I always try to build characters within that story and relationships. It it helps me. To, it it just, it's the process I have to help me. Does that answer it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing for creative block too. If you're like in the studio and you're trying to create and you're trying to like, you're just not trying, you're not finding the right moves. We'll take a step back Mm -hmm. and say, all right, so what is the story we're telling here? And maybe it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with a dance step. Maybe it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a story beat or it's a, that can always help. That always helps me. Yeah. That's appreciative. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Victoria. All right. Let's go to Sakura. Introduce yourself and what's your question? Hi, my name is Sakura. I'm from Claremont, Florida, and I'm 15 years old. First off, I just want to say thank you for making time to speak with us. It's very good information and great advice. And I just love that I have the opportunity to meet you and I hope I could work with you one day. Yeah. My question for you is, what would you say for dancers our age, what is the next step? to later on work with amazing choreographers like you besides getting a talent agent. Don't be afraid to ask to shadow. For example, you know what shadowing is? Like, for example, when I did, when Kenny called me to do, Kenny was like, do you want to shadow me for Michael Jackson? This is it, the, the tour. So I was there every day shadowing. I didn't care what I was doing. I was just there shadowing, helping out where I could. And I wasn't on payroll or anything. I was just shadowing and learning. So there's shadowing. Directors do it all the time in television. They'll shadow a director and just shadow a director will shadow an aspiring director will shadow an established director. And on Hellcats, I did it when Debbie Allen was directing. I just shadowed and, and I was also choreographing, but I wanted to shadow because I just wanted to absorb, absorb as much as I could. You know, there's that and it's part of networking. That's big. I just think. Like I said, relationships are huge and net- networking is huge. And it, and I know how hard it is. It feels like it, if you're, it, it feels like you can be out to see sometimes and, and all right, I just want that choreographer to see me or if that only that choreographer could 
hire me. You know, it's tough. I know I understand how tough it is. And it, that is the same food chain that happens along the way, whatever level you're at, as you're leveling up to be whatever level you want to be at in your career, you're going to have the same feelings when it comes to your ambition and your goals. So introduce yourself like the Kenny Ortega thing, introduce yourself to people, send your materials, drop them an email and say, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to, you know, I'll assist. A lot of times the choreographers have assistants and assistants are huge. So when somebody emails me and offers to assist me, I love the gesture, but it's really hard to trust an assistant and to build that camaraderie. And it takes a long time. And for someone to take a risk to hire someone as an assistant, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to me anyway, because it's such a vulnerable, creative place. So when someone emails me saying they want to be my assistant, I have to be honest, it's hard for me to, it's, it's hard for me to really cons- strongly, strongly consider it. I got to meet them. I got to, you know, dot all the I's and cross the T's. I was going to say the opposite, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I would take the pressure off the choreographer when you're offering to want to work with them, take the pressure of hiring. If you being hired off, say, can I, you know, I know you have your team, you have your assistants, but I'd love to come and just be an extra body and build that relationship. I don't usually encourage to work for free, but when you're trying to just network, it's different. It's different. It's just like, I I just want to come and be a sponge. And if I can be an extra body for you, great. I know you already have your dancers and I know there's union rules and stuff like that, but I'll just be around. I don't know how you can word it, but there's, there's ways of going about it that you can take the pressure off the, the person you want to work with of having to hire you. And just say, I just want to be there, be around and learn and whatever. So that might help. I don't know. No, that's great advice. And that's worked for me twice. That's how I got a part of America's Got Talent and X Factor. The production team was I just helped out with the castings. And mm-hmm. that was that was how I got my foot in the door and showed my worth. And then and then eventually I ended up getting hired. So that's excellent advice. And that's how some of you guys watch Alicia Tallarico, who's been assisting Nappy Tab. She did the same thing. She just wanted to shadow. She just wanted to learn and be a part of it. So because you build trust, you, you build trust that way. Then they're like, oh, it's actually really good. It's just yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Great advice. So Corey, does that help? Yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Ashlyn. Got a Canadian in the house. Introduce yourself. And what is your question? Hi, I'm Ashlyn. I'm 17 years old and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. And my question for you is, as a Canadian dancer, do you have any advice for like getting your name out there and like working in the States? Yeah. Well, Tate did it. She's in Calgary. Isn't she from Calgary? Edmonton. Calgary. No, Tate's Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tate would come in and, and assist me. And she'd dr- drive up to Edmonton and assist me on things. Like, yeah, she would like she would do it. Like she would just do that thing we we're just talking about. Part of networking. It's not as hard as you think to get a green card or, or a work visa. So if you want to work in the States, you can do it. You just have to get a sponsorship and a contract. You don't only need to have an, an agent to do it. You could, there's, there's ways of doing it. If you do a good old artificial intelligence and Google search, you can figure out a, a route to take. So if, you, if that's what you really want to do, but there are opportunities in Canada. Canada is becoming Hollywood in, in a sense. In, you know, there's lots that shoots there. So I wouldn't write off America to be the first pit stop. I would build getting your feet wet in Toronto or Vancouver is not a bad thing either. So, but, or getting an agent in Vancouver. And if, if you can't move to Vancouver or Toronto or wherever right now, get an agent in Vancouver or Toronto. Just tell them you live there. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't say your location. You're a person, you're a worldly person. Just be a person of the world. Don't tell them you live there because they'll start saying, oh, you need to be, we need you here. But no, they don't always need you here. All these auditions are online. A lot of these reading, you'll get an audition for a movie and you have to put yourself on tape. And if you need to hop on a 45 minute flight or drive yourself for 18 hours to, or how many hours, eight hours, nine hours, how far is it? It's an hour and a half flight, but it's a, that's a long drive though. I've done it though. I've done it. 
But so I'm just saying, you do what you got to do. So if you can't move there, I would just say, get an agent and tell them you live in Vancouver and just have an address in Vancouver. And make it work. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're still going to give you the same auditions. It's just perception. You know, when I was coming up choreographing, I don't do it much anymore, but I wouldn't, I would tell the Toronto choreographer, the producers that I lived in Toronto, I would tell the Vancouver ones that lived in Vancouver. I tell the LA ones that lived in LA and the New York ones that lived in New York and so on and so forth, because the phone would stop ringing. If I, if I just, I, and I, and it got to a place where I would just say, I'd let them know I'm around. Just letting you know I'm around if you need my help choreographing. So yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's just a mindset. They, they won't call you like they'll, they'll think, Oh, we're going to Vancouver. She's in Calgary, not available. So you want to maintain the perception of being available and, and accessible for work. So well, the good news is Ashlyn is actually planning to move to Vancouver. She's graduating high school next month. So Great. it's our, she's already got her eyes on Vancouver. So Great. she's she'll be there. She doesn't have to say that she lives there. She'll be there. Right, Ashlyn? Get, <laughs> well, get a, yeah. Toronto, get a Toronto agent and tell them you live in Toronto. <laughs> so you'll get all those Toronto auditions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was I love good. it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ashlyn. All right. Next question. We have Anya. Who? Where are you, Anya? Oh, I just. Oh, there you are. Hello. Hello. So she's originally from Serbia, but just got to Vancouver. So Thank tell you. everybody. There, yes, Anya, and yourself. And what Hi. is your question? Hi, I'm Anya. I'm 21 years old. I'm a dancer from Serbia and moved to Vancouver like three months ago. So I'm fresh new here and I have a question. What would you say to somebody that's just got into this dance world of Canada and US, not used to it? I don't know anybody. Luckily, I met Menina. But what would you say to someone who is like fresh new here and just hungry for success? And I would say surround yourself with the community first. You got to find the community. Have you done that yet? Have you, have you, are you in the? Are you within the community? Like, are you up at Harbor? Are you dancing? Um, you I am taking open classes in Harbor. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it easy to meet? people? It's hard to meet people in Vancouver, isn't it? Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. It it is. It is. And do you have an agent in Vancouver yet? No, not yet. Do you have like your materials together? Um, no, that's that's what Manina is gonna help me. She about. just she just she yeah. just started with me last week, so oh, she's yeah. fresh, fresh, fresh new. She and hasn't started also, I met yet. just like you were um, telling about shadowing. Uh, yeah. That's how I met in Menina. I uh, found a job at that Spiral Dance Studio, and they asked me if I want to work on that competition where Manina was a judge. So I yeah. met her there, and then I found out about her program, and that's how I made my first first connection with. Great. Great. I think you're already doing it. It's really just putting the puzzle pieces together and just one thing will lead to another, but you got to get your materials together. You got to get your yeah. up. You got to get your, your, your site, your, so that, cause without that, how is an agent going to pitch you for anything? So that's like, you're, you should be hyper-focused on that. I think. Yes. And making connections and there is a new dance agency that just popped up Pacific Pacific artist, artist management. Yeah. They just, yeah. so now there's some more options for dancers in Vancouver. Now there's three main dance agencies now in Vancouver. Yeah. Which is great. More options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, Anya, we'll work on all those marketing materials. We're just yeah. for, come as her first call. So she's like, right. Fresh, fresh, yeah. fresh. <laughs> so this is my first call. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to work on your marketing materials so that you can be agency ready and then obviously get into the community with the classes. So you're, you're on the right path. You'll be good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, welcome Anya. Good to see you on the call. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to remove the pin and my goodness, our time is almost up and my computer is about to die and I'm not plugged in. So final question for you, Paul. What is your best piece of advice or any final words of encouragement to all of these dancers that are tuning in and some of the parents that are watching on Facebook as well uh, that you'd like to share with everyone? Mm, I'd say just don't stop creating. Don't stop putting things out into the world. You can rely on your agents and all these gatekeepers to get you a job or whatever, but just keep creating and, and, and you're going to be making yourself happy as a creator. 
You're going to be putting things out into the world that you're proud of. And you're going to be taking the pressure off of yourself for relying on all of these other people to get you work or, you know, it's just, so I would just encourage you guys to just keep creating, keep putting stuff out there. It's going to get noticed. We have all these resources now at our, at our, at our phones to do that now. And it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I'd say embrace it. You can make a full on career out of putting things out into the world now. It's crazy. I know it's crazy how it's changed. Phone and social media has changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep putting your art, art, your art out into the world. You're going to make yourself happy. You're going to, you're going to impact other people and you will get noticed. It won't go unnoticed. So you're not invisible. Amazing. Well, on behalf of everyone, Everybody, big hearts for Paul. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. We all appreciate your words of wisdom, your stories. Uh, I'm sure dancers, was that helpful? Give a thumbs up if you learned something new today. Amazing. So hopefully, Paul, you'll see some of these faces one day, since already a couple of them have already said that they want to work with you one day. So uh, hopefully, one of the days you'll be able to cross paths with each other. And again, Paul, thank you so much. And I'll be in touch with you after this call. Otherwise, Great. we're signing off, everyone. Thank you and have Hi, a beautiful rest you. of your Sunday. Bye-bye, everyone. And that concludes another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. We hope you found today's conversation insightful and gained valuable knowledge. Be sure to join us next time for more inspiring interviews with top professionals in the dance industry. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the Business of Dance on your favorite platform and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by the Business of Dance online mentorship program to help aspiring professional dancers create their dream dance careers. Thank you for listening. Until next time.